Hi, I'm Betty. I'm Trish Rubin, and welcome to my new edition of The Blur and Blend. And The Blur and Blend is a marketing podcast where I don't get lost. I find my way through the fog. And one of the ways I find my way through the fog to innovation is by meeting great people. And today I'm going to introduce you to a guest who's been really an important uh, professional and personal friend in my life since I responsibly stalked him on Twitter. And uh, some of you, if you're my students, you've heard me talk about this gentleman. So today uh, my guest is uh, Scott Kerr. And I welcome him to the podcast, and I'll let you um, know a little bit about him in a minute. I'll let him introduce himself. But as I said, in a sort of a playful way, um, the podcast is about doing something uh, in a way that you embrace the uncertainty, where you take a step into an uncomfortable zone. And uh, for me, that was Twitter originally. And uh, when I was out on Twitter, I saw Scott posting some amazing content that was content that I was interested in, and I kept thinking, why am I interested in this content? Does it have to do with what I'm all about, and where I am in my life, and where I am with clients and marketing? And actually, his design content was so stimulating, I I had to follow him. And um, I say, responsibly stalked him, watched what he posted, appreciated what he posted, formed a kind of a, a quick relationship over the course of a few weeks, and when he followed me, I respectfully responded to him and that's been a couple of years yeah. right <laughs> so um at that time um I-, I was very very lucky to learn from him i'm still learning from him so uh in my classes at uh, baruch i mentioned scott he's always seeing uh new people on his uh twitter and on his linkedin you'll get his information on on that from us and uh hopefully you'll follow him on twitter and linkedin because i uh, encourage my students and my colleagues uh, in professional life to to watch what he's watching and to learn from him. So uh, let me introduce you to Scott Kerr, my guest for today. I'm going to be talking a bit about how he's navigated through the fog of innovation and strategy, and how he has uh, been able to create his great career. And we'll uh, we'll be learning a lot from him about that, and also about what's going on in storytelling today, which is such an important part of the work that I teach and work that I'm engaged in. So thank you for spending some time. Trish, I couldn't think of a better way to spend my day today than be with you and, and your exciting podcast. I love what you're doing. And I'm just really happy that we met in the most unusual way because that's the beauty of social media. Uh, I you know, remember a couple of years back when, like you said, when you were following me on Twitter and you sent me a direct message on Twitter and I was like, okay, who is this woman and why? I left my DMs open, but, um, but you know, I scoped you out. I had, you know, the CIA follow you for a little while, and we found out that you're okay. Um, but, you know, it's interesting you talk about Twitter. Um, if, you, if you follow me on Twitter, I know you do. Despite my world being in business and brand strategy and insights, my Twitter feed is mostly on design technology, things that aren't necessarily black and white when it comes to what, what I do in business, but what I, my, the reason why I do that and what inspires me about the things that I tweet and that I want to inspire other people is that for me throughout my life, I think design and architecture and technology and things that have kind of have inspired my ideas. 
And it's interesting. I wanted to actually be an architect at one point when I was in uh, when I was in high school. I think it was after I read um, Ayn Rand's uh, The Founder. Yeah, I was like, oh, I want to be an architect and an uh, individualist, blah, blah, blah. So, um, but I realized I hated math. So, uh, and you can't be an architect if you're not good at math. But this it was the design focus of it. And I get my inspiration from that. While, you know, a lot of people are constantly tweeting about the industries that they're in. I don't do that. I tweet about things that inspire me that I think other, can inspire other people. And I save my LinkedIn for more, which is more B2B, if you will, to build my business brand and how my thoughts and work from a business standpoint. I'm really happy that you're bringing that up so early in our discussion because I think that's really the differentiator for you and 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 others have to say to themselves, okay, I want to be my brand. I want to show how different I am. So someone like yourself who has this interest in design, that's what interested me when I was following you. And I was learning from you. So I think that the when I'm talking about this idea of blurring and blending, that's a great example of how you've done that um, in approaching social media. Right. When you came through your career, do you have other examples of when you did that? Um, you know, I think you took about the whole idea of, of uh, blending and blurring, and and the whole idea, and, and thinking about my career. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with, and I used to, I think you had mentioned to me about the idea of fog, cutting through the fog. Yeah, yeah. And if you think about when you drive in the fog at night, what you should, what you should and shouldn't be doing, when you're driving through the fog at night, you don't put your brights on, right? Yes. Otherwise, when you have your brights on, it reflects it back in your eyes. And that means, you know, you're, you're going through it blindly, if you will. So you have to keep the beams low. You have to pay attention oh, what's focused right. in front of you. <laughs> and the other thing is when you're driving in the night and through the fog, is you you don't it's not a good idea to have the windows closed and blasting the music and the noise. Yeah. It's recommended when you drive through the fog is to actually roll down the windows, turn the music down or off, and be able to listen because you can't see what's going on around you, so you have to listen to cars that are near you. So that has a lot to do with my career. It's a lot about keeping focused on um, straightforward on what the trends are out there and where the demand is and making sure that continuously that um, you're up to speed of what's going on and you're continuously learning about it and also listening. And that's just the listening part of it is rolling down the windows in life and, and making sure you what conversations people are having what topics are people are talking about? Pay, paying attention to what's going on and how do you make it, how do you take that and make sure that you, you, those skills, what you know, what you need to build those skills to do it. Um, so can, you can you tell me, that's so brilliant. I'm going to be stealing from that and maybe <laughs> trying to work on my tagline and yes. standardize it. So I may be ripping that's you fine. off on okay. that, but you, I always steal from the best. So, um, Tell me a little bit about. Uh, I didn't give you the, the proper introduction. Yes, that's okay. So um, the found the founder. Of so I founded my own uh, brand strategy consulting firm called Silvertone Consulting, um, and my company specializes, like I said, in brand strategy, insights, and innovation. And it's really working with clients who see that there's a lot of disruption going on in their space. And um, they want to figure out how to look at their own brand and develop a strategy to make them relevant 
in these disruptive times. And we're seeing a lot of smaller brands and direct-to-consumer brands coming up that are doing a, doing a really great job of telling stories and disrupting their brands. So how could these brands, some of them are around for a while, some of them are startups, some of them are in spaces that are, are being encroached on by a, a lot of different players, people that are not normally in that space. So working with them to develop a brand strategy that will make them stand out in this marketplace to be of value to them, to help them create the story that bonds with the consumer or whoever their target audience is and how to make them fall in love with the brand, especially when there's other competitors out there. So I work with them on that. And what's key to me and the work that I do in the importance are insights. Um, if you don't have really strong insights about the consumer and the marketplace and the cultural changes that are going on uh, and applying those things to developing a brand strategy, um, then you're going to get lost. You really need to know what's influencing those changes that are going on and working with clients to help them act on those changes. So insights are really important. So how has that changed for you? Because you, you've been a master at, at, at doing this work and and developing brands and, and you've been, you know, with uh, just with such a human, you know, just yeah. able to do it. Right. And, and in a, in a career that, you know, you've, you've gone through the fog it's in different ways. Yes. Right. How, how does it feel today? So it, it feels good. I'm really happy with where I am. And it's almost like, this is where I meant to be having my own company doing nice. things that I've always loved doing. And I remember when I started out in my career, I always wanted to go into advertising and marketing. I was born to be in marketing. I think going back to when I was a little kid selling comic books and marketing comic books to my <laughs> friends where I would market them away where I could I charge a premium. I didn't know that about you. This is great. <laughs> so I was loved Marvel comics and you know and that's kind of like the time that you know brands meant something to me. You had Marvel comics and you had DC comics. And I always was a Marvel comics brand person because I I thought the characters, the Marvel comic characters, were better brands than the DC character ones. So um, I was, you know, I would buy comics and sell them to my friends uh, and market them in a way that I could actually make a profit from. So I, and I think that my parents thought I always belonged to be in marketing <laughs> anyway. And so I was fascinated with that. I was fascinated with brands as well and why certain, why people, are, why brands appeal to people. Um, and our connection with brands and how important they are in our lives. So when I graduated college, my first job was at an ad agency called BBDNO, and I was learning it was in media planning, and I worked on my clients with Campbell's Soup and, and Pepsi-Cola. Little brands that we've heard Yeah, they were little brands, but it was a great experience. But the client that I worked with at Pepsi, we got a great relationship, and he ended up hiring me from BBDNO to work at the brand. And it was a dream for me because... Um, for several reasons. One, because uh, the Pepsi is an amazing brand. And a two, it was at a time when all the great Pepsi commercials and advertising came out, like the heyday of when they were turning, when Pepsi became a pop culture icon. And, you know, Michael Jackson, Michael J. Fox, um, all these celebrities were part of the Pepsi brand. And I became, you know, I went to the client side to, to be more involved in brand strategy and, and brand management. Um, so I, I think that's a great example because a lot of the kids today don't like, and even when I'm teaching, I'm trying to show them that how Pepsi was really trying to, you know, push against Coke, right? And absolutely. try to find their own 
of brand value. Yes. And they, it was such a pivotal time that you were part of that. Yes, and I was excited to, 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 to do that. And But when I got over there and I said, hmm, I, this is when I started to see myself, my value changing and shaping, you know, some, where I could differentiate myself because very few people at that time at, at my age had both agency and client experience because it was very rare that this person from the client would go, the agency would go to the client. So I immediately could market myself if I decided to, which I did, is look, hey, I have both, I've seen both sides of the business. I've seen the brand strategy part of it. I've seen the agency part of it. And I use that in, in moving forward to start evolving and shaping and bending myself to position myself that hey I have both sides of the business and I yeah. and, and that, you're young and yeah. right and that and that provided a lot of value um, to selling myself and building so my there's brand. There's a little blurring and blending right there. Totally isn't right, it? That, wow. that was blurring and blending right there. Wow. And um, and I decided there that I would keep leveraging that part of me because knowing that I can keep selling myself in the future as having both sides of the business and how can I keep adding parts to me much like a you know uh tricolory cookie whatever it is just building different layers and um rounding out my experience to become more valuable to whoever I'm with so I had the agency agency I had the client experience and I wanted to work on brands that were um, blue chip brands because um, I wanted to be able to tell again in, in, in selling myself that I've worked for great brands. So I worked for Pepsi um, when I went. I went back to the agency side, but I went to a one of the uh, most prestigious boutique agencies called Amorati and Pierce, and I worked on BMW. That was a top brand, and I also worked um, with Steve Jobs on um, his next computing company. And because um, Steve Jobs said, "Look, I." You know, when he's looking, this was after Apple and he was fired from Apple and he started Next Computer. She said, I want the agency that does BMW to do my campaign. So it was happened to be the agency that I have. I was with and I was on the, uh, that account. And Amarani Pierce was just known for having those. So I was building, for me, building up this idea of having these blue chip pieces of business that were very brand focused because Amarati was because and be able to talk to, start talking to other people about the power of brands and why these brands are successful. Um, and it moved on throughout my career. Uh, I've always worked for great brands and because I just love great brands and doing what they do and always fascinated about why make what makes them great brands. And if they're all doing great jobs in making themselves continuously relevant. And I think we're living in times now where um, it's important for brands to keep reinventing themselves um, because of this disruption I was talking about of smaller brands coming up and, and, and the way the consumers are engaging with brands are completely different. Um, they're looking to, you know, looking to work with brands that are doing more bonding with them and speaking to them and, and being more, um, not necessarily relevant, more relatable. And a lot of big brands don't come across as relatable. Um, and I always use the great example of Gillette, which is a you know a major global brand, um, but there's no they're not you know you know their tagline no matter what it is around the world you just know them I think it's like a a best a man could be or something like yes, that yeah which doesn't mean a thing it's a nice brand thing but from a from a relatability standpoint it's it's not bonding anyway so when you all of a sudden along comes 
Dollar Shave Club, and they've, you know, they figured out a way not only to sell cheaper razors, like great razors at a cheaper price and delivering right to my door, but, you know, I've start, you start bonding with them because they, there's, um, they start building relationships because they, they seem relatable and down to earth and somebody you would want to be sit on a park bench with and, and, and talk to. Yeah, personality um, has some kind of... Right. And consumers want that now. Consumers are sort of living in these smaller niche worlds where they want to bond with not only people that are like them and think like them, they also bond to bond and they want to bond with content that's related relatable to them, but they want to bond with brands that are, are that they can bond with and have relationships with. That's why you're seeing the success of a lot of these directors. It's almost like the internet is supposed to bring everybody together, but right now uh, people really don't want to be together with everybody. They they want their own. They want their own. own. They feel comfortable with you because there's so much um, uh, so much oh, oh, we're overloaded with information right now that's just bombarding us that we're sort of uh, for lack of a better word retreating into spaces mm-hmm. we're simplifying our lives mm-hmm. and we're also and the way it's one of the ways of simplifying our lives is just being just like with brands that you know you get from like Starbucks I'll use that example you know this you know what you're getting from Starbucks every time you buy Starbucks it's very simple to understand you don't have to think a lot do a lot of things same thing with the way we want to relate work with other brands too and other people we want to be with other brands and people that think like you so you don't have to um think too much and you could leave that leave that space in your mind for other things um so you know we're moving into these smaller worlds so so yeah so that's so another thing i i I love about what you're doing and uh, i encourage people to follow scott uh, i'll put it in the show notes too on Twitter, um, it's Scott underscore Kerr. It's Scott underscore Kerr. Kerr uh, on Twitter. But there's just so much information. Just I, I Scott is the person, I, you've probably heard me say this before, that I'll say in my day, I wonder what Scott is thinking about today, and I'll go on Twitter. <laughs> and yesterday there was a great piece um, just about the, the, the whole tech technology and retail and what's happening. So every day there seems to be something that is exciting for you. I recently saw you do a great piece a couple of weeks ago of digital marketing. Mm-hmm. So um, what do you think people are listening now? Like what's got your attention specifically? In this so what's got my attention, which I was talking about, was the whole idea of brand storytelling. And that goes back a little to what I was talking about. Is like how do you build, you know, how do you become this relate, a brand that a relatable brand to the consumer? And that's about telling a good story. It's just like any stories, your favorite movies, your favorite books, are all ones that that, that are memorable because they told a great story. Um, and I think we'll see a lot of the, some of the bigger brands have lost that capability of telling a good story, and it's left an open space for smaller brands um, to move in there. And you start seeing brands like Away Luggage, I just talked about uh, Dollar Shave Club and Harry's and Glossier and all these other direct-to-consumer brands are appealing to consumers because they're telling, they have really interesting, Barbie Parker, um, very interesting stories that people can relate to or are relatable. And it's not just about the brand itself, it's about the lifestyle. Like Away Luggage, is they kind of want to own the travel space, not just the, they don't, they're not about luggage, it's what you can do with that luggage. It's a traveling. That's why I've been doing very well and telling stories on Instagram really well. I've been following that. Just the, the visual storytelling yeah, there. Yeah, it's amazing. You, just, you see the product and you go, I want that to be me as I'm going through there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Casper, you know, they, 
they don't want to be a mattress company, and they really become successful and take market share from the the big, you know, big market share from the large uh, mattress companies. Is that they wanted to own? It's a story they told was about sleeping, and they want to own the sleep space. Not, you know, yeah, yeah, we're a mattress company, but you know, we're a sleep company. And if you just, you know, I'm sure you've seen the ads all over the subway. Uh, the subways. Yeah. I would say 90% of the ad has to do with sleep. There's nothing about a mattress because they want to own sleep. And that's what we can relate to. We can relate to the issues, the stories of, yeah, I I would love a good night's sleep. Um, Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. I would like to use that leverage to travel to these amazing places that I'm reading about. Um, So it's really brand storytelling to me is is really important because it really um, connects to a part of your brain that you'll remember about the brand that sets off these... um, Areas of your brain that will, you know, make you feel like you're part of something. So, um, so that's what I'm really high on now. That's what I work with my clients on is, is about helping them tell their story. Yeah. So when when you when clients come to you, that's really what you feel their need is that everybody has this sense of storytelling, but they don't know actually the, don't know what, the what a narrative is. is right. right. Yeah. But, you know, it's helping them position the brand in the marketplace by looking at their competitors and what they're saying. But really it's focusing on doing like sort of an audit on their brands and saying, well, you know, and seeing what stories are, what story are you telling? You just can't be, um, you just can't be selling the product that you have. People are interested in what your story is. And if you connect with them on something larger than what you're selling um, and something that's original and unique that nobody is talking about, you'll, you'll be able to make it. So I'm working with them on, on, on positioning their brands and how to use the power of you know, finding out what their story is. And that takes a little while, and that's and that's the fun part of it is mm-hmm. finding out what the story is and looking at the marketplace to see if there's a need for that story to be told. So, uh, so uh, I I try to keep up with Scott on LinkedIn. I see that you post you know a lot of your you're curating a lot of information, and I talk to people about that the the value of curation. And telling stories of other people. Is that something that you feel is important for people to be able to do for their own personal brand, perhaps, too, to tell the story of who they are by doing what you did for me on yeah. Twitter is just showing me a world of design. Right. Right. So people will get a feeling, you know, by seeing the things that you post tell the story of who you are. Mm-hmm. Oh, that person likes that. They're interested in that. Oh, they've opened my eyes to something new that I've perhaps never seen. And they perhaps seem, you know, the perception that you want to give that's why it's curation is important and it's not just about putting things up posting things for the sake of posting them posting that really posting up things that really uh speak to your heart and what your passions are and that's what i do on twitter and that's my passions are design and technology and, and the future um and 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 doing it on a consistent basis and by owning that People will will know that that's what your um, expertise is, or that's what you're interested in, and can speak on. And on LinkedIn, when I have something completely different, I talk about you know brands and retail and um, also technology, but in a different way on a more business level. Uh, that's the that's the brand that I want to portray on there. So a combination of both. And so there are a lot of, I would say a lot of Twitter followers don't, are not connected to me on LinkedIn, which mm-hmm. is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the two uh, are really important parts of my life. And I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to do anything on social media that I'm not comfortable with doing. That doesn't, that's not meaningful to me. And the more I pump information and curate 
content that is meaningful to me, I learn and I from it, and I hope uh, and what I want to do is like spread the good word for everybody to, which I think is interesting to everybody else, uh, and I guess people seem to think they did. Well, yeah, because you spread the good word, and that's how I met you. <laughs> I know. I'm, excited. And, I'm so happy you did. Um, yeah, we have uh, a great affinity for a lot of things, for music know, and for good music wine. Music and brands and wine. Brands. Everything. That's all we need in life is music, brands, and, and, and wine. I forgot to mention, we're sitting in the Gansler oh, Hotel. Hotel. In the, in the uh, meatpacking district, and there's so much great history down here um, that if you think about it, you know, the Gangs of New York, the movie was shot down here. Uh, this is uh, this is an amazing area. I'm glad, I couldn't think of a better place to uh, to have, to have podcast. this podcast. In fact, we started by running into each other earlier at the uh, the new Starbucks Reserva. Oh yeah, that's right. That, it's a palace. Who knew? They must have been uh, you know stars aligned. Stars aligned. <laughs> <laughs> this is that, we both and we have both never been there before. I think right. I'm going to go there now after this and and have a little Starbucks and, and look around. So maybe I'll be posting on Instagram. Um, Scott, it's just always a pleasure. Oh, this is amazing. I, this was a great experience for me. And, and um, I'm, I'm so happy that you're doing a podcast. You, you were meant to do a podcast. Thank you. And, and all the great things that you're doing, uh, everybody should be not only seeing on, you know, whatever you do and, and on LinkedIn or social media, but they should be hearing you. And that the audio... Um, the audio portion of you and your brand is really important. Yeah, the sub the subtext of this is Trish talks, so <laughs> I can't stop talking. <laughs> so uh, thank you for listening, um, um, Scott. If you want, want to reach out to Scott, look for him on LinkedIn. I'll put it into the the, the details of the show, and uh, please follow him because uh, you can learn so much from him. One of the things I'm trying to do is to help him into the intensive coursework that I'm doing around the world because he would be an amazing lecturer for anybody um, on the topic of brand storytelling. So thank thanks, you. Scott. No, thank you. Everybody have a great day Bye. and I will see you soon. Bye-bye.